Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is Christine Madeira. And I am your host, and I am here today with Miche Meisner. Welcome, Miche. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you want us to know, and then we will launch into a conversation. Okay, great. Thanks. I am Miche Meisner. I'm a coach, mentor, and healer, and I work with people to assist them in their spiritual awakening and in stepping into the truth of who they are rather than who they've been trying to fit into. And uh, I see that as my job here is to help people, as I say, be the gift that you came here to be. Well, and that's perfect for our conversation today because right now we are in the midst of this huge global change. And it's, there's, this is a long-term global change. There's so many cascading effects from coronavirus that we're gonna be in this state of uncertainty and change for quite some time. And so the tendency in times of uncertainty and times of change is to either want to go back to what is, you know, quote unquote, normal, what's familiar, or to, you know, try to think about what's next, but doing it from the framework of the past. So we do it either by catastrophizing, because if everything's going wrong, we put it in this framework of, you know, how would that fit up and fit into the past? Because it's hard really to step into envisioning something that's entirely brand new. And so we were going to talk a little bit today about how we might go about creating what's next um, in a way that is helpful and hopeful and really bringing about the kind of society and that we have globally and in our various countries, but also personally. So you had done a little Facebook Live on this. Do you have any insight to start us out with? Uh, yeah, and one of the points that I kept coming back to in this uh, teaching that I was doing is the idea that people are either saying that they want to get back to normal mm -hmm. or they want to get to a new normal. And whether it's the back to or the new one, it's still, there's a certain amount of, you know, desire for, for certainty. And I mm -hmm. want to know what it's going to be like. I want to know how it's going to go. And I think what we're stepping into, uh, actually, I hope what we're stepping into actually is, is quite a bit of uncertainty. And to become more comfortable with that, what uncertainty demands of us is that we be present so that mm -hmm. we can respond, right? Responsibility, response, our ability to respond, as opposed to, I can't wait for the new the new level of autopilot that I can go on. Yeah. Like, now I know, <laughs> right, now so, yeah. I can go this way and I can get used to that and I'll just deal with that. Rather than, as you were saying, to envision something new and the difficulty in envisioning something new is you don't know what that is. You know, I mean, it's easy to envision something. Like if I say envision a tree, mm -hmm. you're going to pull up some tree from your memory. Yeah. You're not probably going to come up with some brand new 
I wouldn't even know that it was a tree because it was so different. It really requires openness and creativity and the willingness to not know for sure what the outcome is, but know which direction you're pointing it and sort of what you want on a bigger level. What do you want it to feel like? What, how do you want people to be interacting and treating each other? And then take one step and one step and one step toward that. And one of the things about uncertainty, and it's, it's really uncomfortable, and our last conversation was all about discomfort, and we've got a few conversations in this podcast about discomfort because it is so juicy, and it is also like uncertainty, chaos, for lack of a better term, are all very creative forces. You can't, it, when there's certainty, you cannot create something new because everything is kind of on like autopilot, as you say. But in lots of uncertainty where everything is up in the air and up for change, the people who are really clear, not so much with their vision of how things are going to look, but more with how they would like the world and themselves. This is not about making the world a particular thing um, differently than it is making yourself that, but you know, coming into how you would like life to feel and let that feeling begin to determine what it is that you are imagining. And I did this as a, I'm a, I, I write, I write novels. I have one out and I've got several unfinished novels, but yeah. One of the things I did for me, because I like stories, is I began to imagine what life might be like in 30 years or 50 years or whatever. I didn't really put a time limit on it, but I was just imagining like after we had gone through the various levels of shift and change, the economic and government and um, all the different levers within that and how things might might move and what how money might be and all this kinds of stuff. And I, I looked at the end result of what I would like it to be. And I kind of imagined, you know, the, the peace and the, the feeling of, of focusing on human dignity and on the, on fostering the potential of everybody and on allowing everybody to have the freedom to pursue their own genius and recognize that everybody has that. And how would society be set up in that sort of way? And how would it, might, might it be set up if we were focused instead on, instead of the acquisition of money on well-being as the, and our mutual well-being, personal and mutual well-being as our primary value around which everything flowed. And so for me, when I kind of get lost in like, you know, looking at the headlines and stuff, I, I go to this place of this is how I would like life to feel and the priorities that I would like life to have for myself and in the world that I choose to live in and, you know, being free in myself and also giving everybody else the freedom to go to move to their highest potential, the freedom to live life the way that they choose to live it, as long as everybody is honoring one another's um, dignity and free will and, and um, value and, and that kind of stuff. So that's how I've been working on this somewhat. And um, I've got other ways too, but what do you, what did you suggest? What are you doing to help you stay focused? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, someone I was, you know, sharing and teaching the other day of, of trying to, stay present within myself. And um, for me, staying present successfully mm -hmm. has a lot to do with loving myself and trusting myself and um, 
being honoring myself, I guess, really. And so what I was saying uh, to some of these, this woman who had asked some questions too is, you know, she was feeling some, some grief and a little despair and a little annoyance that suddenly uh, with the quarantine and the lockdown situation opening up some, and then she had to really go back into uh, the public sector, you know, in the mm-hmm. job that she has in business that she runs. And, and yes, that, you know, things are going to change as we shift out of being in sort of the shelter in place. The assumption though, I think that the place that the, the disgruntlement and the criticism or whatever of herself and what she did or didn't get done in the time that she had, you know, mm-hmm. the quietude and the solitude is, has to do with assuming what comes next. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like if, yeah. if you're, you're already you're upset at what you're losing because you're assuming that what's going to come next is not going to be that good or that right for you or that comfortable or whatever. And mm-hmm. we talk about discomfort, too. So yes, I don't really mean comfortable or just uncomfortable, but to stay to really stay with uncertainty. And like I was saying before that, I don't know. I don't know what comes next, but I know. For right now, let's say um, my sense of connecting with other people, my feeling like part of my uh, job or part of a, a talent or a gift that I have right now is to be helpful to people to stay out of their own stress and mm-hmm. to be able to make uh, better, more present in the moment decisions for themselves and for whoever else they're responsible for. And that if we can do that, if I can do that, stay in the moment, okay, now what? Now what's the inspiration? Now what I feel like I'm losing, I'm getting caught up in, you know, the struggle in the story. So how do I take myself out of that? Maybe it's I take myself for a walk and um, I can still take a walk when the quarantine is over the same way I can take a walk and more so even when the quarantine wasn't over. So to not assume that I'm gonna lose the things that I was living with and being Mm -hmm. during this time. Uh, And maybe also not assuming that what I can't wait to get back to is what I had before that I wasn't able to do now, right? There's, we limit ourselves so much as we cling to, you, you know, the push away from pain and grab toward happiness but if you Mm -hmm. are certain that you know what those two things are you know what falls into which bucket then (laughs) you're stuck with those two buckets you know yeah there's a whole lot else that we don't begin we can't like i was saying before we can't envision it because because it's ahead of us it's unknown. Yeah. It, it's not created yet. You know, they had that saying for years and years and it's still true that we're training kids in college and in high school for jobs that are not created yet that, you know, for, for careers that haven't even been imagined yet. So how do you prepare for something that isn't even a thing yet? And right. so I think that's part of the idea. Like, you know, we, we, have core skills that we can rely on as we move forward that can help us in navigating this. And you talked about one that I think is so important because if we're not in that state of awareness and equanimity and being able to get out of story and get out of, uh, you know, the, which normal am I in? And I ha- it has to be a normal here somewhere because the, the uncertainty is 
too uncomfortable that that puts us into personality it puts us under stress and we we make decisions poorly because we make decisions from a place of stress we don't actually see possibility we only see a very limited set of options that are generally not the best options and that spiral us back into more stress whereas in awareness when we kind of pause and come back into the present moment and we're we're there we have access to more grace we have access to more possibility we have access to um ways of moving forward that we might never have thought of because they had never been there before and we would never see them if we're in stress or we're only able to look for what is um you know what we're used to what we're expecting to see and so that that one skill of being in awareness and being in presence and in the present moment is actually the one skill that can help us navigate forward from uncertainty in a way that um, is reliable. You know, it's not that we have a reliable outcome, it's that we have a reliable way of navigating the moment. Yes, right, which creates resilience. And we start to, like I was saying before, trust ourselves, not trust ourselves that we have all the answers, but Mm -hmm. trust ourselves if we stay present, that we can get what we need or connect with who we need to connect with or come up with some new solution um yeah and we talk about like awareness so there's a there's a personality and then that state of awareness to me is this larger part of us and it's not like just some random little voice inside of us to me it's almost like this larger container of our life and our larger container of our energy and to remember and trust and this is where i've really been working on recently to remember and trust that that part of me is what is actually doing the creating. It is what is actually creating my everyday, my every, it's actually creating the reality that I am enmeshed in or I'm I'm in. Um, And I kind of can create my own way I'm in that reality, whether I'm in stress or I'm not, I'm not. But that that part of me has already got the, the next step or two or three or 10 or 12 sorted out. Like I don't need to be responsible for that or I don't need to know what those things are because if I know how to trust that, then I'm always getting the next step. And that trust, like that to me is one of the big skills of us, not just moving and navigating in this particular time, but um, in this big change, we are collectively as human beings from relying on ego and personality and the known to really tapping into what is it, what are the deeper experiences of being human and how do we learn to trust our larger self instead of just, you know, our brain. Mm-hmm. Right. So my name, Miche, I took mm-hmm. from Tibetan and it means big sky mind. And it's Ooh. a lot of what you're talking about that the awareness, the consciousness, the who that we are is as vast as the sky mm-hmm. and our thoughts and feelings are like the weather that moves through it. And we tend to get really caught up in the weather and you know, feel like we have to control it and react to it and respond to it, manipulate it and all of this when our larger awareness is, is seeing a bigger picture and, and not only can handle or help us handle the next moment, doesn't freak out about it the way our, you know, everyday personality caught up in the story self does. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not, 
it doesn't feel at risk in the same way. You know, it's not jumping into survival mode, even when we're not really for, you know, fearing for our survival. Of course, sometimes we are, right? And right, I, mean, yeah. I know we, we have lost many people uh, in this uh, virus period here. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't mean to minimize that. I mean, for, you know, the people who are um, just, or just in general, you know, that it's our knee jerk reaction to yeah, because oftentimes it's our emotional survival. Because like, if our physical yeah. survival is in peril, that's a whole different navigation. Mm -hmm. And it's you still, it's it's still, like, you know, I know I did some hospice um, volunteer work, and I've I've been with people who have been dying and things. And there's two basic approaches to it. I mean, one is the fear based, where it's you know everything is driven by the fear of what's going to happen. But even most of those people, by the by the very end, there's a way. There's like kind of just the letting go and the surrendering into the process, the whole process. And so, even in physical survival, there is that deeper thing that when you you know when you can drop out of the terror and into the grace, you've got you know you've got that larger part of you that's always partnering with you. It's always there. It's carrying you. It's enveloping you. It's it's embracing you through every single moment. But a lot of our stuff that we get caught up in is emotional survival. And it's trying to stay feeling okay and feeling emotionally safe in a moment. And that is completely at odds with this um, being present with awareness. Because when you're with awareness, you can be in a really deep state of not okayness in the emotional sphere and in that deeper sense knowing that everything is fine and you're carried through so that you can really have the experience of the moment without trying to shrink from it or change it or adapt it or make it something else because you have this this deeper part of you that is shepherding you through the process and through the moment yeah stay in a moment so i have this really interesting experience and it kind of speaks to this and what it was is i was noticing that there was this movement between me being in what i call my local now so me being an, in my body present but not present with the whole like the, the larger experience of me but being in the moment and noticing time is right this very moment. And, you know, this moment moves on to the next, moves on to the next, moves on to the next. And there was a lot of anxiety in that. And so I was working with the idea of the larger self and the inner self and the whole self and all of these things in time and the now. And, and it all came together in this one particular experience where all of a sudden in my heart center where I was in that place of awareness, the now, the experience of the now, it, like just I won't want to say exploded because it wasn't it was very gentle but it expanded out so that it wasn't just the now of right this immediate moment it was the now of the whole experience of me and the whole experience of me being me and life being life and reality being reality and it was this large it's kind of like this large pool it went from being a very small dot to this very large pool out in all directions in which the now is all happening at once, but um, it's, it was all kind of uniform or in harmony with what my state of the moment was. So if I was in a state of um, 
equanimity and peace, like the whole now, everything coming to me, everything from the past, everything out to the side, everything above me, everything down below me, was all streaming out from this place of equanimity. It was like the now was in the center, radiating outward, and that particular center of me in the moment was really the whole now was radiating from where I happened to be in that moment in a state of frequency and vibration, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I love that uh, image, or I have an image in my head of okay, that, you know, being, being like a point. In yeah. It's very large in, in a universe or a universe that's your uh, unity, right, of your awareness, your mm -hmm. consciousness. And it reminds me of a conversation we had uh, several months ago uh, where I was talking about having memories come to me and rather than being in the moment experiencing the memory mm -hmm. it brought like all these different layers that I was experiencing simultaneously with the memory and it's similar in that it was going out in all directions and there yeah. was no there wasn't like a separate me in this moment calling up this separate uh, memory or experience. Yeah, it was all happening at one time. Yeah. It was all in the now. It was all in the one. Right. And it wasn't uh, linear. No. Being in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, what I noticed in working with that and working with this idea of what we're creating is that when I am in a place of allowing and being in the larger moment, not like the, the immediate moment, but the larger perspective of the moment, the larger now, that everything is taking care of itself. Like I don't have to make things happen. I simply need to set the vibration or the frequency or the desire or um, for me, it's less about desire because that desire is always this weird concept for me, but um, it's more about being in the frequency and the vibration of how I want life to be and that life then it radiates backward in time in this way but it also everything is already completed even if i haven't done it yet so you know some of my ideas for books my unfinished novels right my ideas for books on things like they're all done i just haven't completed the writing like i like there's mm -hmm. the the momentary now moving through or radiating in this larger time that still is you know participating in things as is part of this flow the flow of the moment but the larger experience of the now and the larger experience of all that is part of this expanding now was taking care of itself and i was just projecting from that now that moment um, how I want that to feel and everything was just lining up based on how it was feeling and it wasn't that things were different so like for example I've got a novel God and Drag been out for a while I kind of I put it out there I said you know have a good time and I kind of ignored it then and I started writing this companion book for it and which kind of got that the the book sort of back into my present and I was noticing that like in the larger now both of those were done and they were they were in the world doing what they were doing in the world and i was moving into a place of non-interference with that because i was in interference with that before but in non-interference so they were just doing their own thing like i didn't have to go out and do all this stuff to make them successful or whatever out in the world like i could just follow the flow of the moment and that was already taking care of itself 
And the same thing like with the house and with, with life that I didn't have to figure out, oh my gosh, how am I going to make a living in six months? Because my larger me in the now has already got all that sorted out. Like I just need to let it happen. I don't need to make it happen. And if I can stay in that place of trust and of allowing and of letting life organize itself without interfering or limiting it by you know, placing certain conditions on it, then it, it, it is in this place of constant self-creation and expansion and, and working itself out and, and creating itself from this larger experience that I don't as my human experience need to go out and figure out like letting go of that need to figure it out and trusting that that larger part of me has already got it. Everything's all organizing on that part and it'll come to me. It's like if you need a job and, or you're looking for a job or, you know, you're thinking I'd like a change and your larger self is out there pulling in these different kinds of um, opportunities for you to take advantage of, or even a better, here's a couple of better stories. My husband can be psychic when he, when he feels like it. Um, it's weird. Anyway, he, we were in Hawaii. We were trying to figure out, we were on vacation. We were going to move to Maui and we were in Maui and we were trying to figure out a place to live. And this is when, you know, 2006, everything was very tight to try to get into you know, we were wanting a nice place and things. And we couldn't, we were driving around looking at want ads, couldn't find anything. And he sits up, um, we're laying in bed. He sits up and he's like, go get the paper, go get the paper. So I went and I got the paper and in the paper was this um, ad and it was a brand new ad. And it was this condo on the beach and it was, you know, fully furnished and all this kind of stuff. And it, it was basically everything that we wanted and we called them and they said, oh, yeah, somebody's going to come here in a half an hour. And we said, can we be there in 15 minutes? Because we were just down the street. And they're like, sure. So we showed up and wrote a check and got the place out from whoever was coming. But that wasn't going out and trying to make things happen necessarily. This was the, we held the intention. We were doing some of the process. But we, we would not have you know, we didn't chase down that lead, that lead kind of appeared, it was organized for us to step into. And the same thing, we moved into another place. And we were like, in feeling dissatisfied with where we were, because the owner was being funky. And so all of a sudden, he's like, Oh, we need the paper. So we got the paper. And there was this, this open house for this other place. And it was that day. And it was the only open house on that day. And we went and we ended up getting that place. And we moved um, up the street some more. So those things weren't things that we did from a personality level of trying to create our larger experience. That was something that we were moving with the current of life and life was organizing it for us. And we just had to kind of put things together to make that happen. So it's a really, and, there's, and I've got tons of those examples of, of being in the flow of allowing the larger part of you to organize on your behalf instead of trying to micromanage what that experience could be. And I think that's really a skill uh, that we can cultivate right now in this time of uncertainty in trying to create this new reality for ourselves and, and for the world um, to be in that place of trusting that there's, there's more forces out there for all of us that are creating for us personally and then all of us collectively and that our job is really to, to be focused on how we want our life to feel 
mm-hmm. and um, how we want it to feel, not just for us, but you know, if you want, if you want more of love in the world, so that that's available to everybody, and to offer up, you know, I want to feel abundant, and I want abundance to be available for everybody, um, and to be gracious and expansive with what it is that we choose for us, and in allowing that to be the experience for everybody who chooses that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This image that, you know, it's still with the, where you were saying about the big now, big now. Yes. Thank you. And that every step or choice or movement forward in our lives that we make becomes the center of our Mm -hmm. big now. And it's like, we're bringing this whole enormous, you know, cloud of possibility and things already done and the machine the wheels moving and all these things you know like you're talking about and each step that we take puts us gives us a new center which gives us access to some other combination or parts or whatever of the whole now and that Mm -hmm. the um, energy that we're holding, the the energy that we're looking for or intending to create in our lives is what then calls forth in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So what you are in the now, in that what you are doing in your little now, in the big now is creating the next now and, and moving onward. And I like, like for me, um, I know when I focus too much on desires as outcomes or goals or things or how I want something to look and and I get all caught up um, and messed up actually like I've got friends who love vision boards and for them that the vision board coalesces their vision into this single thing and for me a vision board like has all these different things (laughs) there's nothing in common and except that if I focus on one then it kind of limits possibility for me in other things and so for me um, if you're not a vision board person necessarily, like finding this unifying feeling of what you would like life to feel like. And it can just be contentment or happiness. It doesn't have to be this high level thing. It right. can be just enjoying the moment and, and perpetuating that feeling throughout your day. And if you are enjoying your moment, like your larger self knows what you want. It's not like you have to remind it every day, you know, it's, it's, it's just doesn't, it, it knows you more than you know yourself. So you don't have to keep restating things a thousand different ways, but coming into then that feeling of just allowing it to be and of enjoying the, how you would like life to feel, then those things begin to come to you in harmony with that feeling. And it's, it's being consistent with the feelings that you would like, rather than focusing on all the things that you think would give you that feeling for me that really helped me to hold um some continuity in the center of the now Mm -hmm. right yeah there's so many teachers you know touch on this in how to manifest and law of attraction and all that Mm -hmm. um it's mike dooley who talks about the cursed house that you want something right you (laughs) have this vision and then we get caught up and well how is it going to happen or they can't happen or you know that's not possible and we shut ourselves down whereas if like you're saying you're holding a vision or an energy or an aspiration and you're open then Mm -hmm. those hows and whens and whys are going to be taken care of 
Like, yeah, because it's know. not, because if you have to figure out the how, you, you get in the way. You limit right. the possibility of how things come to you. And, and it's been a big struggle for me and for a lot of people mm-hmm. to, to let go of what they tell us. Like we've always been taught that you're supposed to go, you have your goal, and then you have got your objectives of the how. Like, right. and then you got you, you to gotta prosecute that how. Um, so that you, you took everything off of your list about how you're supposed to reach every single one of these milestones to get to this, this final result. And sometimes that works, but oftentimes it doesn't because we get in the way and we don't allow things to unfold in these amazing and beautiful ways um, because we, we, won't, we can't see possibility for only looking for a particular path. Yeah, right. I'm going back to the story you told about your husband sitting up in bed and being like, I, I get the paper. Yeah. He had, could have rolled over and thought, yeah, probably be a good idea to look in a one ass today. And then just yeah, rolled no. over and that was that, right? So that's the other thing we need to be open. We need to allow uh, inspiration to come to us. And then there is a certain amount of action to take, but it's not like wrestling something to the ground. It's about action to take is usually following the inspiration yeah and usually that inspiration well not for him because he's like when he gets an inspiration like you know there's he's like a freight train you can't stop him but for most people who are not like that that those inspirations move us into something that's uncomfortable and there's and and it's the the being willing we've had this conversation our last conversation and with other people that it's being willing to transit that discomfort because that's moving us into this greater sense of possibility. And there's one story a friend of mine tells um, that we were both at the Maui Writers Conference and, and I was there and I was kind of a loner because that's kind of my nature. And she was there and she was not really connecting with people so much. And she saw me and she was like, okay, this is the person you need to sit down and you need to start a conversation. And so she sat down and we started a conversation and or she, she asked me a question. And then within me, you know, there was part of me that could, could have been like, yeah, dismissive of the conversation. But there was that part of me that had a very conscious choice that this is somebody I should be talking to. And there's a, there's a purpose to this conversation. Or I could have just had a surface level conversation and, and you know, we'd both walk, watch the speaker and left. But we've been great friends ever since. We're one of my best friends. And this has been, gosh, 13 years or so. But it was her having that moment of, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to sit down and talk to this person. And me rising to that moment saying, I need to receive this and be in this conversation because there's something significant here. Even though part of me was just like, I was tired. It was the end of the day. I was just like, you know, can't I go home now? But we both met that moment and transcended the no of the moment to be in the yes of the moment. And it created this wonderful friendship that for both of us, because then I moved to Maui and we were in the same writer's group and I wrote a novel and, you know, all this kinds of stuff that flowed from that, Mm -hmm. that neither of us ever would have created from our personality or ego, but we were both in this state of, of desiring more and connection and um, to work, you know, have people to, to connect with, with writers and things like that. And we both rose to this moment because that's what the moment was. Um, but we weren't pursuing anything. We just simply responded to the pull of the moment in a way that brought us together. That's great. I love that. And if you had gone to that, uh, 
writers workshop convention, you know, wanting, if you had gone with the intention of connecting with somebody who was going to change your life, the person who was going to help you write your book. And I was uh, on the lookout for that person. That you would have had a checklist. You would have yeah. had a limited inventory to choose from how that was going to happen. <laughs> and you would likely have completely missed that opportunity. And yeah. it's not always comfortable or convenient, but if we listen to ourselves, if we stay open, mm -hmm. We can feel that tug or that nudge, and if we're willing to follow it, then discover you know new things. If we try, you have a, a pull like that, and then you feel like you have to explain it to yourself why mm -hmm. you're going to follow it. You're going to blow it because <laughs> it's beyond explanation. You know, it's it's it doesn't make sense necessarily. Yeah. It's not logical. It's not. You, you couldn't possibly see what this woman, who this woman was going to be to you in the, in the years ahead. And no, she, and I didn't create it. And she didn't, like from the personality and ego level, neither of us created that. It was our larger self that organized this on our behalf. And this is always happening. Mm -hmm. And it's that, this enormous grace and skill of being able to trust that larger part of us, that part of us that's our awareness, that right. that that we are loved, that we are we are part of this larger sphere, and that that what is creating our life is not our conscious creation. What is creating our life, for the most part, you know, we're we're we're, adapt, we're interacting with it or responding to it consciously, but what's creating this larger container of our life is what actually created our life in the first place, which is this larger part of ourselves that knows us more than we know ourselves and is moving us through the world um, in this wonderful grace if we allow it to be that way because in my view everything that we ever wanted is inspired by this part of us and if we relax into the flow of this larger part of ourselves we'll probably won't have the life that we envisioned or that's on our vision board or that we intended but we will have exactly the life that is most satisfying and exciting and interesting um, and meaningful for us because we're actually being guided by that part of us that, that knows our deepest longing. Right. Yeah. Years ago, I designed a pendant that was about, uh, based on like that struggle of the part of me that tries to grapple with things and make things mm -hmm. happen and, you know, force it into being. And the part of me, I would say my heart of hearts, which mm -hmm. is a larger self, right? It's another way to, to look at that or, or personify it or whatever. And uh, so in, on the piece, it says uh, coming out of like that struggle, sort of an exhaustion, right? Mm -hmm. Then my heart said, trust me, I'm on your side. Yes. Yes. And I think that's part of the challenge is that we don't necessarily trust one that we have that larger part of us and that that larger part of us is on our side because we get so conditioned with how we need to measure up and prove ourselves to authority figures to god to the universe to you know life to the angels that somehow we are in and this kind of goes back to our last conversation we are inherently insufficient and so we always need to prove ourselves and we're always in a defensive posture to this part of ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to be loved and to accept and to receive that um, envelopment and receive that support. 
and maybe that is in this place where there's so much collapse of the on the economic side that we can begin to collectively open up to this other kind of support and let go of the fact that let go of money being our only support because that's kind of the paradigm that we're in is if you have money you've got everything you know you can access everything you need but that's kind of a false a false um, value because when you're in this deeper place um, everything that you need can be provided for you and it doesn't come down to the size of your bank account because life happens in magical ways right absolutely all right do you have any last little tidbits before we wrap up and if not you can tell us um how people can reach you i will tell you both okay Uh, that i have is to um practice staying in wonder and curiosity Mm -hmm. yeah rather than being fearful or stressed about how is this going to xyz uh, just shifting the sentence to, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen with this mm-hmm. and allow, then allow the, the greater you and source God, however you perceive that to start bringing in the answers, right? To say, mm-hmm. ask the question and stay out of uh, trying to come up with the answer because we don't have the answers to that. It's bigger than us. Yes. Uh, so to ask what else is possible, um, how is this going to, you know, I wonder, I wonder what this will look like. My big phrase, my two big phrases with that, just to interject for a moment are, I wonder how this is going to work itself out. Yes. Um, because it takes it away from me trying to work it out. So that's a, you know, a big yeah. deal. And then the other one is the recognition that things always do work themselves out. Like the things that I don't pay attention to work themselves out. It's the things I pay attention to that all get messed up. <laughs> and so it's it's that recognition and just the that thing you know the the knowing that when there's something like when there's a disturbance in the force somewhere in my life um especially the places that i i kind of let organize themselves it's just like "Eh, that'll work itself out Mm -hmm. you know i don't need to worry about that that i don't i don't need to take an action step i don't need to to stress that will work itself out and to just kind of acknowledge that that will work itself out if i give it the space to do so Yes, I like it. And so, um, you know, if people want to hear more about tools and tips like the worrying instead of or wondering instead of worry and all that, you can find me for the most part on Facebook. Uh, I have a page called Spoonbenders Cafe. I also have a group called Spoonbenders Cafe group. And it's a place where we can have these discussions and ask questions and get some coaching and support. And also from the Spoonbenders Cafe page, you can pretty much find out whatever else I'm up to. And I'll always just contact me to have a discussion or ask questions and get some support. Yes, or learn how to bend a spoon, which is a whole different experience. You can have a spoon and say, I wonder how this is going to bend today. (laughs) See what you can create there. And that's all about letting go of thinking that you know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And, and allowing yourself to like be with with the moment as it's unfolding and the larger moment, not just like you and the spoon, because I always get scared when it's just me and the spoon. 
and then the larger part of me will kick in and I'm, I'm cool. Um, okay. Well, thank you for your conversation today. It's always fun talking with you and please reach out to Miche if you want to find out more. Yes. And thanks for having me. Take care. You too. This is your host, Christine Madera. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.